welcome to this episode of People with Purpose. This is Steve Ampson. I oversee all military and diversity programs at Orion Talent. I'm excited to have Tammy Wolinick, Head of People and Organization of North America at Siemens Mobility, and Jessica Shigun, Head of Strategic Procurement for Rail Infrastructure Business Unit and the Mobility Division. Siemens Mobility is a leader in transport solutions for more than 160 years. The company are global entrepreneurs trusted by our partners for pioneer transportation, moving people sustainably and seamlessly from the first mile to the last. The topic today is focused around careers for women in logistics and how Siemens Mobility is a great employer for women. I'd like to thank Siemens Mobility. They've been a, a longtime partner of Higher Purpose and so excited for them to have uh, have them be part of our launch. They're really an incredible company. Uh, great. So uh, as we jump in, maybe we could just all get to know each other. Um, Tammy, you want to just tell me about, about your, your overall incredible career and, and what you do at Siemens? Sure. Um, so I have actually been with Siemens for about 18 years. Um, and I started in uh, as an HR principal with Siemens and I've had kind of progressive um, opportunities and roles in the HR community. We actually call ourselves now uh, P&O, People and Organization, um, throughout those 18 years. And I've had the opportunity to represent and support uh, a variety of Siemens businesses. Right now I'm with Siemens Mobility. Uh, which is, I, I have to say right now, my favorite. <laughs> um, prior to Siemens, I had <clears throat> years of experience. Um, so more than 18, let's put it that way. Um, so many years of experience. And uh, most of that was in human resources. So predominantly I've been in human resources, but I did actually step out of human resources um, midway through my career um, and actually into a customer service operational role in the printing industry. And later I will you know, talk about that um, because I think that was an important thing for me to do. Um, it really allowed me to experience a different side of business and therefore now bring um, a different perspective back into an HR function. Um, so when I support businesses, I think I sometimes have a different perspective than those who perhaps have always been in HR because I've I've been in the shoes of the business manager dealing directly with customers and that type of thing. So um, that's a very quick career path for me, mostly HR, but seven years in business operations and customer service. Um, and I love it. I can hope to stay in P&O or HR and, and with Siemens for the rest of my career. Great. Well, you're very good at it, and I love when people love what they do, so two great things. Um, Jessica, tell me about you and your, your overall career, because you, did, you didn't start at Siemens. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, I, um, um, I actually started with a, with a pretty big company, but I was a mechanical engineer, graduated mechanical engineering, um, I really enjoyed learning mechanical engineering. I love calculus. I love physics. And so that was just like fun for me to learn. Um, graduated and went into engineering. I was designing aircraft engines, um, which I found incredibly boring and quickly learned that I like working with people more than I like working with, you know, designs of CAD parts. Uh, and so from there, went into operations, had the opportunity to move around quite a bit. So I did quite a few rules and operations and kind of Six Sigma lean work. 
um, shop floor management and so on. And that eventually led me really into logistics um, and have had the opportunity to do a lot of things in logistics. So, you know, from from really distribution, private label, um, strategic kind of commodity management work, working on big infrastructure projects. Um, so I've had a great opportunity to just do a ton of things. I've been with Siemens about 11 years. Um, and when I joined Siemens, it really felt a lot like coming back home. Um, I originally started in a pretty big company and had done some smaller companies in between. So coming back to this kind of, you know, big company environment really felt felt great. Um, and so I've been, you know, it, it's been exciting to be able to do so many things. I started here doing materials management work. So I was managing a team that was really doing, I would call operational buying, you know, cutting POs, managing material inventory, but have had the ability to just do a ton of things inside this logistics space. Um, I had mentioned commodity management and project procurement, but also cost and value engineering. Um, and right now I'm actually supporting something called functional excellence, which is sort of the tools and processes and technologies and automation that supports all of our procurement work, making us kind of faster and better at what we do. Um, so there's just a, a wide range of things that I've been able to do in this space here at Siemens. Yeah, no, no, thank you for taking time to join the call. I'm, I'm excited about this because I think most people think of logistics as just moving things. Like I, I don't, you know what I mean, it's simply getting there's something from here to here, but there's a million details of how to do it faster, better, smarter using technology. And and the spirit of this, as we talk to this, is as we market careers to women and, and diverse talent, learning all of those individual things. And it sounds like with your career, logistics has been a career. You've you've gone through all these positions, so I'm excited to kind of dive in deeper and help you educate our audience on all these career paths. So thanks, Jessica. Um, great. So I start this with every call is, you know, as, as we build the higher purpose brand, I, a word comes to mind is authenticity, right? We don't want to just say these companies are hiring diverse talent. That's That means nothing to to someone of, of they really want to know why things matter in that connection. So maybe a little bit about um, from both of you, why diversity, inclusion, and, and also probably Tammy for you, like, belonging is important to you as an HR leader um, and if there's any personal connection beyond Siemens um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sure yeah um, so let me start with the business perspective. Um, I think it makes sense from a business perspective because we need to create that culture where people, and you use the word, where people bring their authentic self to work. When they're authentic they're not distracted by yeah. trying to maintain a facade um, that isn't who they really are. Um, and because when you're distracted trying to maintain that facade, you're not focused and, yeah. and you're probably not giving 100% because a lot of energy is going into being careful about what you're disclosing and what you're not disclosing. And we don't want that. We want people to be fully present as they are at work because we've got great challenges, great focuses that we want people to be able to dive into. Um, and and you can only do that when you're being authentic. Um, I would say that we also want to be known as an employer of choice. And the employer of choice is one that people can come to because they know they're welcomed and that we actually want them there. And so I think that's why having that authentic and, and real diverse 
inclusive environment is important or culture is important. From a personal side, my youngest son is gay. And quite frankly, it would break my heart if there were not options for him to pursue. And he's just getting now to this, uh, he's 19, so he's just now getting to the point where he's making um, future decisions and things like that. And But it would break my heart if, if I didn't think that there were companies where he could be who he is. He's an exceptional young man. And companies need talent of the exceptional individuals like my son. And and if we don't start setting the example of being a company that is willing to do that and 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 wanting other companies to to follow that path, then we're not creating this environment where my son, you know, gets to be who he needs to be at work. So yeah. I, that's it's personally <clears throat> it's very important for me. Yeah. A couple a couple of things before I move on. Um a, I, I agree. Obviously, I agree. And, and the stats show from the CHRO side of if you drive more diverse talents and you have cultures that they feel supported, they stay longer. So it's a retention issue. And um, kudos to you for being a wonderful mother. I My parents were awesome, but I grew up in Vermont and I had struggles till I was 25 and it was horrible. And I as I build this brand, I don't want these 19 year old kids to have to go through what I what I went through. And if anything, they should feel special at this moment that they have almost a superpower that being different is a gift and a blessing. And <clears throat> so stories like that and what you just said mean a lot to me and the brand because it, it, like I do these podcasts with with younger LGBTQIA plus I'm an older gay man, I don't know all the letters. But it's it's celebrate that. Don't even talk to an employer that you don't feel comfortable with. Don't if you get that feeling like you can't walk in and talk about your boyfriend, it is it is not the right employer. So so thank you for that and, and for being a great parent. <laughs> Thanks, Sammy. Um, Jessica, on your side, it's it's a little bit different because you're what's called a practitioner. You're not a CHRO. You're you're out there, and when I say practitioner, you're out there doing a function or a job which is different, Tammy said, in culture. So I would love for you, like, you probably work with diverse teams or try to. So how does that affect your job, your performance? And then I'd also, the personal side, like Tammy said, if that sounds good. Yeah. I mean, my um, my team is actually very diverse. I'm very proud of that. Um, and it, it didn't, you know, it happened over time. But for us, I mean, for me, it's really about doing the best for the business, right? Siemens is all about empowerment, right? How do we act every day as if this is our company? Because it yep. is. And so, you know, when you look at diverse teams, it's not, yes, it's about employee engagement. And yes, it's about, you know, being a great place to work. But frankly, you cannot bring the best products to market unless you have great people, yep. right? And great people have to not just be great, they have to be great every day at work. Yeah. And they can't be great every day at work if they don't feel comfortable and confident to be themselves. And so if we limit the population of people that we go after, then we're not getting the best talent. We're not getting the best ideas. And yeah. frankly, diversity helps us challenge each other, yeah. think of more creative things coming from different backgrounds and experiences, having a different way that we look at the world. It makes us better. And so in today's market, we are not going to be able to bring the best solutions 
yep. to our customers if we don't, you know, embrace diversity and really allow people to bring, you know, their their true selves to work. Yeah, so it's a big part of success. Yeah, I always believe like if you're at a meeting and 10 people all agree, that's kind of scary. That's wildly scary to me. It means it's not an advanced company. But if you have 10 different people with 10 different perspectives and everyone values all the perspectives and then you kind of meld those perspectives into a good soup, that's a great team, right? Um, and I look back at some of my careers where I'm like hung out with A players, but we had nothing in common except we respected each other. So that's that's a great, that's that's terrific. How about something if you if you feel comfortable, something personally that that about diversity and why it matters to you? Um, so my son is well, my son's father is Mexican, so we happen to be divorced, but he's a great father. We weren't great together, but he was a he's a great father. So my son's actually uh, in Mexico right now, got off uh, summer and he's visiting family there. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm very thankful that and he he's very in touch with that part of his life. We his dad and I go out of our way to make sure that he learns how to speak Spanish and he feels um, he feels Hispanic and he feels you know Mexican. That's very important to him. Um, there have occasionally been some things in the news that have made him feel challenged um, that that maybe there's people that disrespect him because of his background. And so he feels really empowered that that's important to him. Um, I'm a mom who when he was in elementary school, you know, the parents, the teachers would fill out the the evaluations and you have the teachers would say they were white male. And I would have to tell the teachers, hey, my son self identifies as Hispanic. Please feel to form out that way or he will be upset. Yep. So um, kind of an interesting thing to think about. But I'm I'm really thankful that there's companies that as he grows up, he's younger, um, that he'll be able to go into a company that allows him to um, you know, not feel persecuted for being a minority. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same as Tammy son. It's, it's celebrating differences. It's you know, it's it's celebrating any difference and um bringing the, the best version of yourself, no matter who you are, right? So that's that's wonderful. Yeah. All right, so now, um, and maybe this is uh, more Tammy, but Jessica, of course, you can speak to it. Um, I, I, tell me about Siemens Mobility. And, and when I say that, Tammy, it's a talent war. So so what makes you special? <laughs> it's it's your soundbite of, as you're, you know, because uh, you guys are a division of Siemens and, uh, you know, kind of tell the audience about Siemens Mobility in a top level. Okay. So, I mean, first of all, you have to know what we do. We build trains and everything related to trains, basically. Um, you know, and I could go into more detail, but you said keep it top level. What I think is interesting is that the folks who work at Siemens Mobility, they really have a passion for rail and trains yep. and 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 it shows um again i've worked in many areas of siemens and i loved the people i worked with um it was a little hard for me to get excited about a um you know a, a large drive or, or something like that yep. but i loved the people i worked with and i thought the factories were great but trains who can't get excited about yep. trains and the reason i bring that up is because you do see a passionate group i think in siemens yep. mobility and at the same time that's really good because what we're trying to create and i think we're really being successful in that we're trying to create a culture that's one of empowerment of trust yep 
and of innovation. So because we want to grow and right now, in fact, is a great time for Siemens Mobility with all the focus on infrastructure. Um, And so we are absolutely growing. It's an exciting place to be at. Um, So, yeah, I, I would say that that's kind of Siemens Mobility in a nutshell is that we're this innovative we're working on empowerment and trust and and growing and it's just an exciting organization. Jessica, what did I miss that you think is key for people to know? For me, um, I I was, I'm thinking about this. I mean, Siemens is a little bit of a company that to me also has a heart and soul, right? Um, We really care about diversity and inclusion and we really care about environmental topics. Mm -hmm. And if you think about rail, it's all about environmental topics, right? Um, Tammy and I, along with 30 other women, were just at a conference last week um, that was for, you know, women in transportation. And the whole conference was about the technical piece of transportation, but also, you know, transportation is about equality. It's about having safe, affordable, comfortable spaces for people to be able to travel and get from home to work, no matter where they live and no matter their walk of life. Um, and so just the, the aspect of what we're doing on rail, not only is it a big environmental topic with CO2, but it's also about equity in our communities. Yeah. And so it's um, it's exciting to be in an industry that has the ability to literally change the way a city functions and how fair a city is for all of its people. Yeah, yeah that kind of gave me chills. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think if it, you... Yeah, yeah that's, understand so. our vision statement. I mean, our vision vision statement is is even we are global entrepreneurs trusted by our partners to pioneer transportation, moving people sustainably and seamlessly from the first mile to the last. Um, yeah. It's beautiful. Is it if you think of freedom, that's empowerment, which means you can make choices whenever you want, which ties into equality. So I love that. The other thing that I remember started working with Tammy is. It's awesome that you're part of this huge company, but you're almost like I was at a my my job before this. I was at Dow Jones, but I was in a division of Dow Jones in the startup group, right? And we were the most innovative group of like we we're the a think tank within that. So it's it's you have the power of this huge global brand, but you're almost like a startup where you're driven by ideas, which is very, very hard to find. Uh, I think most Fortune 500 companies and I, their customers don't move fast, right? So I think a, from my perspective, like looking in is that you guys have a fast, almost startup culture where you get the job done, you think ahead, you make impact and you and you can execute because you guys are moving so fast. So that that really is special because especially post-college grads, they want to, they want to, see their work they're doing versus cerebral if that makes sense um so no it's it's a it's a great company the other Uh, thing we see though with like college grads right now they want to see their work having purpose yes and and so back to you know the comments jessica was making as well we do have purpose we are impacting cities we are solving you know solutions and um, focusing on sustainability topics um, and equity topics um, in what we're doing. And that's college grads want to see purpose. And not just college grads, um, everyone. 
once you know that the work has purpose. Yeah, we didn't add that in, so I'm glad you brought that out. I mean, that's that's our whole brand, right? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so so thank you for that. Um, um, Yeah, there was a a study I read in McKinsey, and it's called the purpose gap, which is people are not finding purpose in what they're doing, if that makes sense. So they're leaving their jobs and they want to know that at the end of the day, are, are they helping change the community? Are they helping a person? Um, even if you're a pole climber, you want to know that you're helping. So so you guys are even, you're kind of, I don't want to say secretly purpose-driven, you are changing communities in our future. So I'm, I'm glad that that came out of this, Tammy. <laughs> Without us prepping, right? Uh, great. Um, so another thing is more, um, I've been asking kind of CHROs is, is how are you, you know, these 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 employees are working hard, they're working fast, they're working independently. How do you help with either tools or communication or social media, and probably you were part of this, to feel like they're heard and they're belonged to? And, and it, it, are there certain ways that you're trying to do that? Uh, Tammy and Jessica, you know, in your job with your teams. Um, yeah, so I would say, first of all, we are, um, and some of us who are not fresh out of college um, are, are learning this um, at perhaps a different pace than others, but we really are trying to do the the more modern, if you want to call it, communication routes where we are blogging, we are um, posting on, you know, LinkedIn and, and that type of thing. We're having focus groups, we're bringing in um, controlled, you know, people in environments and letting them experiment on topics and and taking that information. I think, um, you know, in terms of how do we make sure employees are heard, though, we do it in a variety of ways. I mean, the most obvious is we have our semi-annual employee surveys. And, yep. and of course, those are confidential and we ask people to, you know, really give real feedback on topics around how do I feel in the workforce? Do I feel included or have I ever felt excluded? Yep. Um, that's actually one of the questions on our employee survey. Um, so that's a very important one, a very important way that we make sure people feel heard. And we don't just do the survey, we actually make sure that the survey results are are published immediately when they're available to both employees and managers. So it's in some companies, I know survey results would just go to leadership and then they digest it. And then they could feed that information back to their employees or they might not. We immediately make the results available to our employees too. Another thing we've done that I think makes sure that employees are heard that's relatively new we basically just blew up our entire performance management process. We used to have the the standard end of the year performance review. And, and for some employees and managers, that was about the only time they got together and talked about how's it been going, that type of thing. And it was pretty, you know, business focused. We blew that up and we introduced something we called growth talks. And growth talks is about managers and their employees one-on-one getting together um, at whatever rhythm works for them, weekly, bi-weekly, randomly, whatever, aligning expectations, what is it we need to be working on, talking about barriers to performance, talking about employee health and well-being, and talking about what the employee needs to grow Um, Because the reality is, and again, they're called growth talks, the reality is if the employee is growing, 
then chances are the employee is performing. And so we change the focus on the employee and their growth and, and what are the barriers to their growth and learning. Um, and, and that gives the employee the opportunity to be heard. We also, because of our employee survey, we're really pushing managers to end those conversations. And that's what I'm doing right now. Every time I have that conversation with my employee at the end, I say, is there anything I can do differently to help you be more successful? And so we're asking employees to give us feedback on what they need us to do differently. So I think that's one of the most important ones. There's a lot of other things. We do employee resource groups. Um, right after the George Floyd murder, um, we actually instituted something called Courageous Conversations, where we trained managers on how to have these what we call courageous conversations where they would let people speak their mind um, and in a way that people could talk about it without it becoming a threatening environment. Yep. So that's some of the things, Jessica, anything else? Um, yeah, I kind of, I mean, with the current circumstances of the world, that's kind of, you know, settling with me actually. Um, but I think, I mean, for me that, I was going to think talk about the growth talks for sure. Um, I love the surveys. I'm a big fan of the surveys. Um, but but in addition to that, I really like the growth talks. And frankly, Tammy and her team did a fantastic job of sort of rolling out training to both managers and employees on the growth talks. And that training isn't one and done. Like it keeps coming, right? It keeps reminding us of like, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Which has been really helpful. Um, I loved blowing up the year end uh, feedback cycle. Um, loved it. Um, it forces me as a leader to talk to my employees on a very regular basis, you know, not just about the tactical aspects of what we're doing today, but and, and not just frankly about the strategy that we have to, to manage the supply base, but also about their person and their career. Um, and it, again, empowers the employees that it's our responsibility, even as an employee, to go to our managers and say, hey, let's talk about my career. Right. So sort of an open door for everyone to do that all the time. Um, I actually start each of my one-on-ones with like, how are you doing? I mean, really, yep. how are you doing? Yep. Um, and frankly, I mean, working in supply chain right now, the market is very, very tough in logistics. Yep. And so there's a lot of stress and pressure on these folks and have been for a couple of years now. And so I really start with just checking in on like, how are you? Um, and actually funny that Tammy said that the second question I ask is, what do you need for me to be successful? How can I help you? Um, because, you know, I, I really see my role as a leader to empower and enable them. I My job is to remove roadblocks and, and to give them, you know, slick paths to get to where they need to go, um, not to actually do the work. So that's what they do. Um, and so I really love the growth talks because I think it has really enabled that and it forces us to have it as present, you know, focused, present mind all the time. Um, yeah. No, I love that. I, I think at the end of the day, like employees stay if they feel like they're growing, right? Anyone that gets stagnant is going to to start looking the other way. So it's it's important that um, that is front of mind with with everything you're trying to do. So that's awesome. Uh, great. So now I'd like to get to kind of the the crux of 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 this stuff, and maybe this is more towards you, Jessica. But you know, um, 
once again on the prep call we're saying people think of logistics as just moving things right <laughs> so maybe if if you just if you can broadly maybe talk about logistics as a career and you can just use yourself as an example um just to give women out there and diverse talent a perspective on on this vertical and advice on on how to how to get into it because it um, sounds like you love it <laughs> i do yeah it's I think it's a unique perspective, right? Because um, I get to be inside Siemens and see this big company, but I also get to see a thousand other companies and yeah. how did they run and what did they do? Um, and I can get best practices and worst practices. Um, in strategic procurement, actually, I feel a lot like a consultant, right? Um, we have a big push for Buy America, frankly. So we do a lot of American procurement and we also do a lot of diverse procurement um, because those are those are contractual requirements for our customers. And so when you're working with, um, you know, diverse owned and small enterprises inside the country, you're doing a lot of coaching. Right. Yep. And a lot of, you know, going into the company and helping them grow and helping them become better, because as they become better, we become better. Right. Um, you know, when you talk about roles inside procurement, I've just done a ton of stuff. So there's your there's your, you know, managing, you know, your trucks and managing your freight back and forth. And, and that can be international as well across the ocean. But there's also things like materials management, um, planning, right, forecasting, um, working with uh, we actually have a, a team member that was just moved into a role where he sits uh, somewhere between uh, the customer side sales and procurement and the factory. And he's actually doing, you know, enterprise wide forecasting. And that's a procurement person that took that role because they know how to do this stuff. Um, we do a lot with cost and value engineering. So we have engineers on the team that figure out how to take the part apart and what are the pieces of it to say, what should it cost, right? And to really try to understand what's happening inside our vendors world um, and where are we, you know, maybe we have a part of our design that's a little wonky. And if we just made a slight change, that modification might help them have better quality or better delivery or better price. Um, there's a lot of strategic work where you're really looking at, you know, long-term commodities. I would call it almost economics, right? Where you're trying to understand um, there was a war in Ukraine that impacts energy prices. How does that impact my supply base, right? What does that mean to us and how do we get in front of it? Um, and then project procurement where you're sitting inside a very large project infrastructure team, right? You have um, a municipality that's either trying to extend a line or put in a new rail line. And you're a key member of that team to ensure that all of their material arrives when it needs to arrive um, at the right cost, quality, and delivery so that that uh, solution can be successful for the municipality. Um, I could probably go on forever. There's just a ton of things to do inside strategic procurement. Um, I have a, a young lady that works for me now um, as a college student. And she actually has a has a degree or is getting a degree in IT and technology and computer science. So why is she working for me? Right. Yeah. And she's building tools. I mean, she's building tools and solutions and automation um, so that the procurement team can do their job better. And so there's just so many things that can be done in the logistics space. Um, and it's it's pretty diverse. Um, you had asked, what can you do to get into it? Yeah. Um, there are degrees, right? So there are supply chain degrees, and those are great and helpful. Um, I'm a bit, and we also love engineers, right? Because we have to really understand the nitty gritty of our parts. So we love engineers inside logistics. Um, but I'm a big advocate of you can teach smart people yeah. anything. Yeah, that's that's what I was. As first of all, I love your passion. Um, I love when people love their jobs. It's just both of you love your jobs. 
makes me happy, which is great. Um, yeah, and thinking about it, I think the other thing is what I'm hearing is you don't have to have a supply chain degree to be in logistics, right? Like as you're post-college, post-college probably like you have a marketing degree or you have a business degree, consider it. Try come working for you, right? Because there's probably roles that you can learn and get into logistics. Does that sound right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I look at my current team, the degrees are kind of overarching. Um, right now, we have someone leading our strategic commodity management degree who has a degree in art. So yep. whatever, right? Yep. But, you know, I mean, you know, being a smart person who likes to learn, who, um, you know, wants to work with people, who enjoys, you know, having new challenges um, and accomplishing tasks. And, and really it's that will and desire to learn. That's more important probably than the, the degree that someone has. Yep, that's awesome. The other piece I wanted to cover, because I want to make sure we stay on track uh, for the half hour, because this is, this is going great. Um, you're, you're, uh, a, you're a mother, right? So you're a working mom. So um, there's probably a perception or maybe not that logistics probably isn't a great place for working. I'm just saying it directly isn't working for, isn't great for that, that lifestyle. Do you want to talk about your experience and how Siemens has accommodated you, if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, I think um, COVID as, as, terrible it has, has been and as devastating as it has been on our country and on the world um, has also taught us some things. And so um, that idea that you have to come into work every day um, yeah. is is been blown away because we couldn't come to work for like two years. Yeah. Um, and so Siemens has really embraced this, you know, new normal, which means you come in half the time, roughly half the time. You kind of figure it out. You come in yeah. half the time. And so I go in when I need to. Um, but, you know, my son's last day of school was Wednesday and he left for Mexico this morning at 730 in the morning, I think. And so and I'm not going to see him for three weeks. So, you know, I was able to take a half day off. No big deal. And spend some time with him. Um, I worked the afternoon um, and I did it from home. So I was able to kind of leverage all the things that I had going on. And, and that I mean, there was zero impact to the business. Right. None. Um, you know, as long as you can handle, you know, manage the responsibilities you have. So I think the work from home 50% of the time really makes it a lot easier when I do have school pickup or school drop off. Um, in addition to that, Siemens has just given me an opportunity to take a new role. And that team is actually very far away from me. So I'm in the Midwest and I would say about 60% of the team, as well as the leadership team that I sit on, like the, the leadership board I sit on, are all in California. Yep. So I'm going to sit here in the Midwest and I'm not going to move, right? And I'm going to manage this team out in California, mostly. Um, and I think, you know, Siemens is allowing me to do this, right? I mean, as women, we tend to grow groups. We tend yep. to be caregivers of our children, um, our grandchildren, of, of elderly loved ones. Um, we get involved in our communities and in our schools. And so it gets very hard for us to move. Um, and if every time that job opens, you have to have someone move, you're really limiting in some ways the diverse population that can take those roles. And so for Siemens to give me this opportunity to sit where I am with my deep roots and allow me to manage this team that's really far away from me, <laughs> Um, is a testament to what what that company what the company will do. Um, great. Well, we have a few minutes left, so I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up. 
I ask um, I ask this question to everyone that I interview, and I always get different answers, which is awesome. Um, so, if you were to give advice to uh, a younger person, when I say younger, maybe your your eighteen year old going to college, right, and about finding a career and purpose that they can bring their authentic self to work, you know, um, and maybe you you know, uh, for you, Jessica, your son, he's going to be eighteen some point, right? Um, what what advice would you give, and you know, to our audience about that that purpose and belonging, and 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 how to build your career, if that makes sense? And I'll I'll put it to both of you. Um. So I'm really inspired by kind of the the folks that are coming in out of college to our team now. Um, when I came into professional environment, um, was not with Siemens. It was with another big company, and um, I really felt I felt that I was required to sort of act male, right? Yep. So I graduated with um, three females out of 85 mechanical engineers, and that was a big female class, guys. I mean, we were we were a lot. Um, I went to work in an entire male-dominated engineering technical company, similar to Siemens, but not Siemens. Um, and I would dress, literally, I would wear a uniform to work that was very similar to the one my male colleagues would wear. Um, I've really learned to code switch, right, where I don't use terminology that's more feminine because yeah. I'm not, I'm, a, I'm worried that my male colleagues won't understand or won't appreciate what I'm trying to say. And so I think the advice I have is don't, yeah. right? don't code switch and and don't um you know dress differently there's a young lady i work with and she came to work wearing these like awesome crazy boots they were amazing and i was like wow i am so impressed that awesome. you're coming to work she's an engineer that you're coming to work you know 20 something years old wearing those boots i would have never done that in a million uh years at that age um so i'm really impressed and i'd say you know just just don't code switch and and don't and push the company to accept you who you are and if they yeah. can't then find another place to be that does that best uh, tammy you're coming up next i'm sure it'll be great but i love that as well especially because we're marketing to these these post-college grads and it's like that's the first podcast i did as i said if 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 they if you're not being yourself and they don't comfortable just leave it's it's not a fit so no, I love that. Whether you're a woman, or you're a gay man, or you're trans, or or anything that's different than the norm, be yourself. So that's that's awesome. Thank you, Jessica. Tammy, say yeah, the I, I say the I don't know, Yeah, I don't know if my advice tops um, Jessica. I think the biggest piece of advice I have, and again, I preface this in the beginning of the um, conversation, is don't be afraid to take. Um, um, avenues outside your comfort zone. Now, not because you're trying to impress someone else or you're trying to fit into somebody else's mold. No, because then that's not being authentic. But if it's something that in the back of your mind, you think you can do it, but you're a little scared, you're a little unsure, but you kind of, you, you, there's a part of you just yearning to do something different, do it. Don't yourself back and and when I stepped out of HR into an operations role I truly believe that was a, a career path changer yep. for me I mean I think it got me to a point where I then did bring a different type of HR to the table and you know and I hope my business partners when and when I say that the you know the managers and leadership in the business I partner with see that that they see a different type of HR partner with them because it's someone who walked in their steps because I stepped out of my comfort zone. 
I wasn't doing it for anybody else. I was doing it for me, but I was willing to be uncomfortable, but authentically uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Yeah, both of your career paths. I mean, Jessica, you've, you've gone like this. You know, there's this arrow about success. It's like this. And then, yeah, you uh, so so perfect both answers. A pluses to both. How's that? <laughs> Thank um, you. Great. Well, th this has been wonderful. I, uh, I'll close it out a, a couple of things. It's it's a really exciting time, uh, a higher purpose. And, you know, Tammy, I thank you for now watching us for a few years and now being on the plane as we take off, right? We're, I think we're in the same spot. We're all just trying to, to help people find great jobs and great companies and be themselves. So um, I appreciate uh, you guys being a partner and the time today. And uh, we look forward to staying in touch, okay? Thank you. Thank you okay. so much. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of People with Purpose. And thanks to Tammy and Jessica for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe for a future episode of People with Purpose at OrionTown.com. Be well and take care.